0: Hello, welcome to Closed Door Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Mille Ivory. If you're looking for a non-judgmental, open and honest conversation about any and all things that are usually discussed behind closed doors, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 CDC fam. So, we're just picking up in this conversation where we left off in the last conversation so i hope you enjoyed part one and part two we're just gonna get right into it so if you have not listened to part one you may want to go back and listen to part one because you may be lost just a little tt but anyway hope you guys enjoy part one and we're just gonna get right into part two
1: let go all right 100% know what you're saying. Because um, I haven't always identified um, as poly. I was monogamous. I was a serial monogamous, actually. I went um, three long-term relationships in a row without more than three months between them. And wow. the shortest one was five years.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So I was a serial monogamous until um, my last partner, um you know, held our relationship to my head like a gun and was basically like, I fell in love with my fuck buddy. Um, you either have to be poly or it's over. And oh. so I had to, well, they call that poly in distress. Okay, so, so to-
0: that, that, that was my next question was what made you turn poly? So it wasn't a choice for you at that time or you felt like you loved him enough to accommodate to his needs?
1: I loved him enough to learn about it. I hadn't agreed to it.
0: That absolutely makes sense though.
1: But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to educate myself and see if I can do this. And through education was when I was like, oh my God, this makes sense to me. And I do want to do this. I do believe in this. And it, what was the unlock for me was that a lot of these feelings that we have around Because like, see, I I had open relationships in almost all of my um, long-term relationships because I have or had, I used to carry a lot of shame um, around sex because of my religious upbringing. So even though I've been out for most of my life, I came out at like 16, late 15, early 16, um, I still carried shame around being gay and having gay sex. And...
0: So that was, that was the thing. So you touched on that for me. I was wondering how, so you had a, you were in a monogamous relationship, but it was open.
1: It was, we had all of my, all of my relationships had very, very poor sex lives. So in order to make sure that my partners were fulfilled, I had no problem sharing their bodies. I just couldn't bring myself to ever share their feelings.
0: Oh my God. People don't get that. People, I I talk about this all the time. I feel like if my partner fell in love with someone, I would rather you enjoy their sex. Like i rather them have your body than your mind. That's because
1: exactly how
0: I used to feel too. if I have your mind, then I know mm-hmm. that you're going to be committed to me mentally. You're still going to protect and provide for me. Mm-hmm. You're still going to make sure that I'm good. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because yep. what is sex? I mean, sex is good, but it, it doesn't do. It's not the same as having that emotional connection with someone. 100%. So 100% did y'all have rules though? How did that work? We did.
1: Okay. We did. We had rules. There were, you know, like no staying the night. Um, we had to be open about who, um, they were playing with. If, if I had questions, I was allowed to have access to the conversation just for trust building. It was never utilized as a weapon, but just to like build trust. Transparency was key. Um, and, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Those were basically the rules. You I know. just don't see people being mature enough to do that though. There's a lot of people that are. There's a lot of people that aren't, but there's a lot of people that are. It's it's actually more common in the gay community than I think in the straight community. Just
0: right. Cause I ain't well, trying I to share my matter. man. <laughs> I want I want you all to myself. And I feel like I'm the type of partner. I feel like if it's uh, Again, transparency is absolutely necessary. Honesty is absolutely necessary. Like I will never judge you for being honest with me about anything that you're feeling because that's what I expect, right? So if it's something that I'm not fulfilling and I'm your partner, then I get, you know what? So I guess that's kind of what y'all did though. So we need to decide what can we do to make both of us happy.
1: Absolutely. Hmm.
0: I just thought about that when I was just discussing it, but I don't think what I can do is allow you to go fuck another lady, <laughs> man, woman, I just
1: can't. Oh, wait a second. I, I don't think I actually got to answer the question and now I can't remember what the question was.
0: Um, How did you, it? we were talking, you were telling me about how you came to um, terms with your monogamous relationship.
1: That's open. right. So I, w- I was talking about the evolution to, to becoming poly and and yes. it was the result of you making a comment about like not being able to um, share, to, to share. Here's, <laughs> well, so here's what I've learned though, that I think is so beautiful about polyamory. Yes. You know, it is difficult to share, but I think this is just my own opinion. So nobody like, you know, get upset about it. that's listening. I, I think, that the reason we have as a culture, such strong feelings of like possessiveness and and inability to like share our partner is not because it's any easier or harder than than having one partner or multiple partners. Not that any one of those is easier or harder, but it's because what we are inundated with in culture, in society, from songs, to TV shows, to movies, to cartoons, to news. That is what we're taught. That's what we're told. There's even this idea that a little bit of jealousy means that he loves you. So, um, But but why I think it's beautiful, and this is where I think that it gets really interesting, when my last ex, the last ex I had when he broke up with me, I had two play partners still and both of those people rushed to, to my side to make sure that I was okay to make sure that I was comforted. Like the day that my longest running play partner um, found out about it, I got home to flowers and chocolates on my front front. Like I live in an apartment building, so it wasn't like on my front porch, but it was on my welcome mat. Oh, waiting so at my sweet. Apartment. <laughs> and it's like, I had... I have people still there to pick me up and I, and my friends. So it was like, I I feel like, yes, it's harder. And you do have to overcome your own personal like obstacles with jealousy, but generally like if you can identify where the jealousy is coming from, you can overcome the jealousy. And then you have so many people there to support you.
0: But do you think there's a difference in being jealous and being territorial?
1: Um, oh, that's probably above my level of education. Into the no, psychology. in your personal I don't experience,
0: I'm um, um, just in my just, personal, your personal opinion. Do you feel like there's a difference in being jealous and territorial?
1: I think it's the same thing, is I not. think it's going to be <laughs> rooted from the same thing. But I, that's I my personal so. opinion. So, I
0: think okay, so. I just feel like if you're jealous, then you don't want to share your person with the world, right? But if you're territorial, you're more or less like things that, like for me, I feel like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm somewhat of a territorial person. I don't like a person to share my person to share the same experiences that we share with everyone because I feel like it's more personal. That's it do make sense question. to
1: you. No, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I, <laughs> my question would be, if and, and this is probably not something that could be done on this episode, but like I think in order to define whether or not there's a difference, you would have to trace back where that thought or feeling comes from in your past to figure out why it's showing up now.
0: I, I and, feel like it's based on jealousy. where, the, I agree with you. I feel like it's based on where the root is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm completely aware where my, my root is with my partner. I just like to have certain things that are just between us. That's part of one of the things that helps me to connect with people. If that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't want something that's just between us, like something that we share in a moment of, of intimacy or something that you share with me that you don't share with the rest of the world to start being something that you share with everybody else.
1: I get that. That's a, that's a conversation that comes up a lot in polyamory. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Do you ever, I mean, I guess if you decide that you want to be in a polyamorous relationship, obviously you've already worked out all the jealousy. You you cannot, I don't think that you can be jealous in that type of relationship. It's like you already knew what the assignment was and you accepted it.
1: I will say that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have jealousy if you're going to be in that kind of relationship. But- Jealousy is um it, it, it's it it occurs anyway. I mean it still happens because jealousy is kind of like a, it's a trigger warning for an insecurity or it's a trigger warning for a fear. So if and that's why I say when you trace something back to to where that came from is how you overcome that obstacle. But let's say like I have um my partner is dating someone that, um, I don't know, is more buff than me or, um, you know, something like that. If, if I have a body insecurity and they date someone that matches the, the insecurity that I have, it's going to be, it's probably going to pop up that I'm going to have some jealousy oh, and I'm going to have to deal it. with that
0: and you know what I didn't think about that because for me like I said I'm more emotionally um connected in my intimate relationships is more of emotional connection for me so like I don't have body insecurities like it's like I've always felt like I am who I am so before I was a plus size woman, I wasn't a plus size woman. I got fat and my kids' father still loved me. <laughs> like he would comfort me. He would be like, Girl, there's just more to love. And and I've never had an experience where I was body shamed from my partner. Let me say this, from my partner. You know what I'm saying? So well, I never been. I there. have
1: mad respect for your level of confidence.
0: Yeah, like
1: I'm, it's I'm just not, like I'm skinny. And I still have so many insecurities with my body. I think I have a super flat butt and I am super insecure about it.
0: Somebody gonna love the fuck out that flat butt though.
1: They That's
0: do. I'm in mean. so, exactly. It's all so around
1: when you're bent over.
0: I'm always thinking, <laughs> okay. That motherfucking part, period. (laughs) It's all smackable, but everybody have their own preference, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just look at it like I love me for who I am. And although it's some things that I do not like. Well, honestly, at this age, I don't think there's anything I don't like about myself. I've been on this health journey. And it's crazy because when I first became fat, it was like after my second child, I went from a size nine to a size 14, 16. I wasn't even that damn big. And I was just like, what the fuck am I finna do with all this? (laughs)
1: 14, 16 is
0: hot. That's, that's curves. It was, it was thick, you know? And so that's when I, I'm sorry, when I had my first child and I was one of those that had gained weight with my kids. So after I had my second child, I went to a size 20 and see now with 22, 24, it's like I got fat and it ain't never went nowhere, but My partner at the time was like, okay, like um, like, you tripping. But I was like, I went through a a depression stage with that. And then it's like, once I came out of that, I figured like, you know how people say it didn't stop nothing. Cause I always feel like whoever for me is going to be for me. And sometimes it's deeper than just your body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, once I went through that depression and that was so many years ago, I got over that and it's just like I don't give a fuck what nobody say. If you ain't for me, then move the fuck around. Like
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
0: Yeah, and it's been that way. But so now it's crazy. I'm going through this health journey. And I've c- come become so comfortable with myself as a larger woman now that I'm actually in the back of my head, I'm just like, not insecure per se, but so say insecure. Like, I don't want to be flabby and all that shit. So I'd be like going to the gym. Cause I'm like, Mm-mm. like, how in the fuck you going to open up your legs and all this? I just like, you done lost all this weight and all your flab in your legs. How you going to let somebody be eating your pussy with all it down there? <laughs> like, <laughs> This is the crazy shit I think about.
1: We all
0: think about crazy shit, but the flip, like you said, the insecurities, but then at the same time, the secure person in me is like, it is what the fuck it is. Either you fucking with me. or you not?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's get back on topic. Cause honey, we be going. So you did say something that intrigued me about your religion. And, um, if you don't know this about me, I, I, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a um, spiritual person. I do believe that you should put God first in all that you do. And I always trust God for everything. So how does religion affect you being a poly? Like, how does that, how does that tie in together?
1: Well, I, I had a terrible religious upbringing, so it doesn't play a part in my life now.
0: Oh, Okay, short and simple. I get it. (laughs) So let me. So one thing. So we we actually about to close the conversation. I may have to bring you back because I I got some things that I think the audience may have questions. We may come back or we may go on IG live and do a Q and A live or something. Oh, I'd love
1: that. That'd be great.
0: But I'm just I'm just curious about because I'm very particular about who I share myself with. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so much out there. So Mm -hmm. with your partners. I like that you call them play partners. You call them play partners. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want a play partner, but I ain't sharing your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Like you just going to be my play partner. But so how does that, how do you protect yourself? Or what type of agreement? Is there an agreement in place to protect yourself from STDs? And do you guys get tested? Do you use Mm -hmm. protection? How do you protect yourself from that?
1: Absolutely, so it all depends on the partner and your your arrangements, but there are different types of agreements. So there are certain, um, uh, certain poly couples or open couples, or even swingers, like there, there are different sexual arrangements within all of the ethical non-monogamous dynamics. And um, like one of them is to be fluid bonded with just your, um, and then there's also different terms for this: your nesting partner or your uh, primary partner. So um, nesting
0: partners—that mean like that's like your main cheat or your it's main the one dude? you live with. Oh, yeah. Oh, so do you always live with the partner or no?
1: You don't have to. I don't.
0: No, cause you solo. Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Huh. Um,
1: but yeah, so fluid bonding is a very common one where like you only have. Uh, unprotected sex with your primary or your nesting partner. Um, but one of the things that I've learned is that people that are, that are poly or ethically non-monogamous and are approach it from a healthy state of mind. Because you have are,
0: to trust that person.
1: They true you do. And the ones that are healthy about it and like are self-aware and cautious and protective of their partners, they are on top of their sexual health. They're tested regularly, they make good decisions, they don't, they don't put themselves in dangerous uh, sexual experiences and, um, and everybody's open and honest about when they were tested last, you know whether they've had a partner that they were unsafe with and whether or not they got tested afterwards, like all of that's just very front of mind because you're, you have to be aware of the fact that you are putting others at risk and not just yourself.
0: Absolutely. So question, I kept saying I'm going to end this, but I just thought about something (laughs) that came to my mind. So obviously I, I did the difference of, uh, um, polygamy and a polyamory difference. So if a person is not married to their partner but say they still have another partner, is that considered um polyamory like if they it's like the three I don't even fucking know this is why I have to talk to somebody in a polygamous relationship because I want to know do they have sex together or do they the only person get pleases is the man like I had those kind of questions but for you, In that situation, if they're not married to the person, but they have more than one partner, but just say they do a threesome, say the woman is bisexual or the man is bisexual and he's allowed to have a woman and a man, or she's allowed to have a woman and a man. Is that a way that you can still consider polyamory? Is that one of the dynamics?
1: It is. It's called a triad where every member is, um, is, sexual and romantic with each other. And so it makes a triangle. So it's a triad.
0: Oh, see, you just be mm-hmm. teaching me some things. So a yes. couple of things before we end the conversation. First, I've truly, truly, truly enjoyed you. You have taught me some things and you have made me feel like i be knowing what the
1: fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you did. You've known things that like, this has been you
0: researching things. I think I do a lot of researching. So question two questions I want you to answer for me before we close this um conversation okay the first question is if you were someone that was thinking about becoming poly transforming or um what 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 advice or what what would you tell them if they if I came to you and say, listen, I'm thinking about giving up this monogamy thing because I want more than one partner. What do you think? You think I should do it?
1: My recommendation would be to go read two books and then make that decision for yourself. And those two books would be The Ethical Slut and "Polysecure."
0: I ain't even thinking about being polite, but I love to read. That's like one of my hobbies. I might read the ethical slut for the fuck. Of
1: it. <laughs> well, so actually I think both of those books and I actually recommend them to my mono friends as well, because once I got done with those, so the ethical slut one is just um, really good in terms of like kind of setting yourself free from the, the cultural shame that's associated with sex so I feel like that's good for anybody just to kind of embrace their own body and embrace the body of their partner it's I think it's a great book um it sounds like a good book
0: that's the subject that I that's a subject that I spoke on on
1: one of my podcasts um oh I highly recommend it I think I really think you would love it
0: oh I love stuff like that that um promotes um I don't even know how to say it without sounding bad. Um, open sexuality or just for yeah. a person to be confident and open with who they are and just unapologetically not giving a fuck about what nobody thinks. Cause that's me. And I, and I strongly Absolutely. recommend that to anybody. So I'm glad that you said that I'm going to make a note of that because that's something that I can also, you know, being a podcast host is where I'm sure you have people in your inbox asking you questions or emailing you. And yes. so, I want to make sure that I recommend that to them. So, yeah. Polysecure
1: is really good too, though, because it talks about the different types of uh, attachment styles in relationships. So, even if you're not going to be poly, it can really help you understand how to overcome the different um, obstacles that you can you can face in a relationship based on your particular attachment style.
0: Okay, what was that one?
1: Polysecure. Okay. Oh, just making sure I
0: got it okay all right just making sure I got it so yeah. the other thing is I think I don't know if it's polysecure but I think what if a person um a monogamous person was thinking um so I love two women so is that which book what is would you recommend one of those
1: or uh polysecure polysecure would be really good for that one
0: hmm Okay, interesting. So if you had a person that was already in a um, polyamorous relationship, and they say, listen, I have three partners right now. One of them is emotional. One of them is play partner, two and one of them does both. But I want the one that's just emotional to become s- sexual. Because I love them and I want us to be monogamous. What do you think I should tell them?
1: Well, I don't know the other person's feelings on it, but um, that's very complicated because typically uh, what I've witnessed in uh, scenarios where a person has just an emotional partner quite often that's because that partner um, it might be asexual and so they they share emotional connections but they don't do physical connections
0: Let's talk about that asexual Listen I'm going to get out we're going to end this we might we're going go to have to come back We're, we're going to have, have to absolutely come back. but I was talking to someone that was in um uh I don't even, I try to, my sister is, is gay. So she was telling me that some, some women are asexual that not everybody enjoy having physical contact. And I was just yeah. like, how is that? But that's a whole nother thing. I need to, I need to get somebody on as asexual because I want to talk about that time.
1: But <laughs> it's very interesting.
0: So in closing, is there anything, Philip, that you want to leave with the Closed Door Conversations family other than go listen to your motherfucking podcast because you be talking the truth about everything pertaining to sex and this poly thing. And I enjoy your shows so much. I do want to tell you in public right now, that I've listened ever since we connected and I've enjoyed them. And to be honest, that may be why I know some of the shit I know. I might've learned it from your show.
1: <laughs> I hope you did. That's the whole reason why I do them. Um, you know, I love I, that. I, I love, that. I love that you're
0: doing that. I love that you're doing that. I love that you're so open with it and, you know, believe it or not, I love how calm you are. Oh well, thank you. Cause you are just so calm, and so I'm not that person.
1: <laughs> well, I love your energy. Uh, you are fun. That's why we've got to do this again. I Absolutely. have had an absolute blast. You've been, um, you've been a lot of fun to talk to. I love how you, you challenge me and you ask me good questions, deep questions. Because that's the shit that people be
0: wanting to know about this. And I appreciate you being open with my closed door conversations, family, and sharing with me and sharing with us because, and, and that's why I'm letting you, I'm letting them know if they're interested in more of this lifestyle to, to make sure they're tuning into your podcast, because not just because you're a fellow podcaster and I want them to support you because you're an awesome person. It's just because I've learned a lot And even for a monogamous person, you can still learn a lot. What I've learned is, and this is, I'm going to tell you this, what I've learned since I've been listening to your show, even a monogamous person like myself, cause I ain't trying to show. Um, <laughs> You learn a lot about relationships and emotions and the different ways that people process. And it gives you an opportunity to think outside of your box and outside of your head and take consideration to other people, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yes, that's beautifully said.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Philip. I think once I'm gonna wait to this podcast post, and we'll we'll probably I'll, I'll give you a heads up, and we'll probably do an IG live or something because I know I would love that. Let's I do know it. my inbox is gonna light the fuck up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Philip. Is there anything you want to leave the um platform with before I close out?
1: Um, just, you know, thanks for having me on. I I hope that everybody enjoyed and learned something and, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing with Closed Conversations. I really appreciate it, guys. If you did not learn anything here today, which I'm sure you had, send us, send me an email, write me a comment, ask your questions, because me and Philip are going live when this post. So go ahead and send y'all stuff so we can answer y'all questions. Or... And I'm not going to say or and go over to the Dear Polly podcast because he'd be talking some real shit. And it's a lot that you can learn, even if you're a monogamous person. It, and what I've learned also, even if you're open um, with your sexuality, because a lot of things he'd be talking about when I hit, I'd be like, yes, yeah, say that shit. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, thank you so much, Philip. Close our conversations till next time. Thank you for tuning in to Closed Door Conversations Podcast, a place where no topic is off limits, no filters will be applied, and no judgment will be allowed. Yes, this is the end of the show, but it's definitely not the end of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. To get even more involved and more exclusive content, join our Patreon community. The conversation continues. Till next time.